Episode two of Off the Waitlist is here, and it's our first movie podcast. Really excited to do more movies. What a better movie to do than Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm joined by my friend Daniel. We talk about the movie at length. So heavy, heavy spoiler alert. This is your warning. If you haven't watched it yet, go watch it. It's a lot of fun. Or you can just wait for it to come out on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, let's just go. Oh, also... I say Shang-Chi throughout the whole pod. It's really, really embarrassing. So if you could just gloss over that and just know that I love the movie, uh, but I do say Shang-Chi throughout the whole pod. I know it's Shang-Chi. My bad. Anyway, hope you enjoy the podcast. Man, Daniel is about to hop on. We're talking Shang Chi again. If you haven't seen it yet, a go watch it, and uh, b heavy spoiler alerts coming your way. So just fair warning, we're gonna be talking about the movie. Obviously, uh, can't review the movie without giving too much away. So we're gonna give all of it away. <laughs> um, and. For background, my friend Daniel, who's about to join on Instagram, who's on Zoom right now, who's being recorded, uh, I've known Daniel since he was 10, probably even younger, I think. Eight, eight or nine years old. That, so, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. You were like in like third grade. He was yeah. like in third grade. I was his old camp counselor uh, growing up. I knew he had an affinity for movies. Yep. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I see on his Instagram, oh, like he's reviewing movies. He's talking about movies. He's giving rankings on movies. Uh, he's like writing his own shit. So uh, really excited to bring him into this podcast. Uh, we're doing it live so we can record it. And then it's being recorded on our Zoom page too. So we're just getting everything figured out technology wise he's he was using his phone for his notes but i told him to hop on instagram so i'm throwing him for a curveball already <laughs> all right here we go sweet. i think i'm all good sweet oh sweet yep view request let's do it all right sometimes it takes a second and then oh uh, right. hey there we go dual screen experience dual screen yep i got you <laughs> So what's dope is that we'll be able to save this on our Instagrams and then um, I'll be able to like rip the audio off the Zoom uh, sure. and video Zoom as well. Oh shit, let me, let me do this. I don't actually, cool. All right. Uh, if you hop on the Instagram, let us know if you can hear us. Okay, if everything's all good. Um, sweet, Shang-Chi. Let's just kind of go over the overview for a second. Um, it starts thousands of years ago. This is literally right off of Wikipedia. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I trust it. Uh, when Wu finds the Ten Rings, mystical weapons that grant their user immortality and great power. When Wu amasses the army uh, called the Ten Rings, conquering many kingdoms and toppling governments throughout history. In 96, Wen Wu begins searching for Tao Lo, a village said to harbor mystical beasts to expand his power. He travels through a magical forest to a village entrance, but is stopped by entering by village guardian Ying Li. The two fall in love, but the villagers reject Wen Wu, so, so Li leaves with him. They have two children, Shang-Chi and Zai Ling. Wen Wu abandons the rings and his organization to be with his family. When Shang-Chi is seven, Li is murdered by Wen Wu's enemies, the Iron Gang. Wen Wu once again takes up the massacre takes up the rings to massacre the Iron Gang, resumes leadership of his organization, and has Shang-Chi undergo brutal training in martial arts. When Shang-Chi is 14, Wenwu sends him to assassinate the Iron Gang's leader. After fulfilling his mission, a traumatized Shang-Chi escapes to San Francisco, adopting the name Sean, which is one of the more funnier moments when Aquafina's like, wait, hold up. You change your name from Sean, or from Shang to Sean? Yeah, I love that. Uh, present day, uh, Shang-Chi works as a valet with his best friend, Katie, who's played by Aquafina. They are attacked by 
uh, on a muni bus by men from the Ten Rings, including Razor Fist, who steals a pennant that Lee had given to Shang-Chi when he was younger. Um, blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep, moving along. They are taken uh, prisoner to the Ten Rings compound when Wen Wu uses the pennants to create the map to return to Tao Lo. Wen Lu reveals that he has heard Lee calling for him, uh, his former wife, saying that she has held, been held captive in Tao Lo behind a sealed gate. He, could, he declares he will destroy the village if they do not free her. When his children and Katie object, he imprisons them. The three meet former actor Trevor Slattery, which is unbelievable. Best. Unbelievable. Best. Just like absolutely insane. From the ten, whom the Ten Rings imprisoned for impersonating Wen Wu and the Hundun companion Morris, which is also amazing, who proposes to guide them to Tao to La. Uh, the group breaks out the compound which various mythical creatures show up they warn the village of the ten rings and that they are coming Ying Nan Li's sister reveals to the group the history of Tao Lo uh, thousands of years ago it was attacked by a soul consuming dweller in darkness and its minions however the village was saved by a dragon called the great protector who helped seal off the dark gate uh, to the Dweller's world. According to Nan, the Dweller in Darkness has been influencing Wen Wu into believing Li is still alive so that he will open the gate. Shang-Chi, Xiling, and Katie join the villagers in training and preparing for Wen Wu's arrival using outfits and weapons crafted by dragon scales. Wen Wu and the Ten Rings arrive. A battle ensues. Wen Wu and Shang-Chi fight, which ends with Wen Wu casting Shang-Chi into the nearby lake. Wen Wu begins breaking the gate with his rings, which unbeknownst to him causes many in the Dweller's minions to escape and attack the humans. The villagers in the Ten Rings join forces to fight the minions. Shang-Chi is revived by the Great Protector, which leaves the lake to battle the minions. Wen Wu and Shang-Chi fight once more. Shang-Chi gains the upper hand, but chooses to spare Wen Wu instead of landing a decisive blow. And the Dweller in Darkness escapes the weakened gate and attacks Shang-Chi. Wen Wu saves Shang-Chi, bequeathing him the rings before being killed in the Dweller, before being killed by the Dweller in Darkness. Shang-Chi, the great protector, Xiling, and Katie battle the Dweller in Darkness, which is ultimately killed. Shang-Chi and Katie return to San Francisco, where they are summoned by the sorcerer Wong to accompany him to the Sanctum Sanctorum. In the mid-credits scene, the trio speaks to Bruce Banner and Carol Danvers, the Hulk and Captain Marvel, and discover the Ten Rings are emitting a mysterious signal. In the post-credits scene, Xiling becomes the new leader of the Ten Rings. Now, that's very quick uh, overview of what the movie was like. Um, before we dive in, some some other quick notes. The 25th movie in the Marvel Universe. Uh, the second one in phase four. It's the first one with an Asian American lead and a mostly Asian cast, which is very important. Uh, yeah. Directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who I was really unfamiliar with. Are you familiar with his work? I'm a bit more familiar. Um... The one movie of his that I'd seen prior to this was Short Term 12, which is an excellent film with mm. Brie Larson, Lakeith Stanfield. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember her name. She was also in uh, Booksmart. Um, her name will come to me in a second. Um, but uh, in that film, Brie Larson is kind of a foster care worker that works with troubled youth to try to help them on their way. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very hard to watch, but it is absolutely beautiful um interesting then, that brie larson's in it yeah yeah um and uh yeah i think there were two more movies that daniel or dustin daniel cretton did between that and shang chi mm. there was a movie called the glass castle which also had brie larson and uh just mercy with uh um michael b jordan wow so he's like really immersed in the in the MCU <laughs> like, <laughs> actors and actresses. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, written by Dave Callahan. Again, I'm really unfamiliar with any of his work, uh, but I thought the that, script was great. Yeah, no, it was really well written. Um, I, 
I don't really know my Marvel screenwriters as well. I know there's one yeah. team that's been working like pretty much nonstop since I think the first Captain America movie and has done a lot of subsequent films. Right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great. Cause they have different people write the movies. Um, so it gives like a different flavor for him. So uh, right. let's talk about opening box office. So it was released on September 3rd officially, I believe. Uh, September 3rd did 90 million opening weekend. It's the highest Labor Day weekend movie of all time. Uh, previously, do you know? Do you know what the previous one was? Not a clue. 2007's Halloween. Really? Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So in my head, that tells me, a they don't release a lot of movies on Labor Day weekend. No. <laughs> <laughs> which which actually makes a lot of sense because everyone's out yeah you know everyone's like camping or something like that so it makes sense that they wouldn't release anything but this year's obviously a little different a lot of people are probably staying inside uh yeah. or you know or not traveling a lot um so it makes a lot of sense to release it on labor day weekend and it smashed the record i didn't know halloween was the previous one um but that's pretty amazing. Uh, 56.2 internationally, and that's 146.2 globally. It had a $150 million budget, so it's already pretty much hit it in its opening weekend. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the importance of the movie. Uh, from a cultural reference, obviously, this is like the Black Panther for the Asian American community. Right. Yeah. Like when I was sitting there watching it, I was like, holy shit, this is like Black Panther. <laughs> uh, because it, it's, it's just, I mean, I think, I think we can put the rest, like the whole notion of like people don't want to watch Asian American stories and they don't want to watch an Asian American lead. I mean, I don't, as 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 someone who's non-asian like like did that thought even come to your head as you're watching it 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 totally did it's like um it it's really awesome to see what the marvel cinematic universe has done recently you mentioned black panther you mentioned shang chi um and also bringing on more diverse filmmakers you know taika waititi doing thor ragnarok mm -hmm. um which is like my f top three maybe it, it it's in there with the top five it's like i i was still trying to figure out that ranking prior to the podcast but i still haven't sat down um but yeah it, it's really interesting and like um the one thing that it, it it's kind of interesting to see marvel films do is it's like generally you want these to be like these light entertaining pieces um that really can reach a broad audience but both Black Panther and Shang-Chi take these moments to really kind of comment on place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the world in general. Um, in Black Panther, you have a lot of commentary about like colonialism and um, sort of nation nationalism and all these different mm -hmm. sort of elements that you have in there. In Shang-Chi, like the one thing that I thought was really kind of cool, even though they did it in passing, is addressing casual racism in everyday society mm -hmm. it's like when uh shang chi and katie are, are talking with uh another couple at a bar um the whole story of how they met is shang chi is uh just kind of walking to his apartment i think and some guy says hey gangnam style and then shang chi goes like i'm not even korean dude yeah. I'm chinese <laughs> and which is that, so funny like that moment is so funny. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it, it's just like, they, they took a moment to kind of address like microaggressions just being this regular thing. And, and also like took this beautiful moment of like showing like my, my favorite new tool now, which is confusing racists. Just yeah, like yeah, exactly. Katie scream yelling the lyrics to Hotel California just to <laughs> cause a total diversion. Get Shang-Chi out of there. It's so funny. Yeah. I, lo I love that. And, and it's, it's it's interesting because you know i've i personally in my years living on this earth haven't dealt with like too much like blatant racism it's yeah. all it's always that micro microaggression kind of especially i feel like towards asian americans i think lately it's been highlighted about 
like a bunch of certain things uh, against the Asian American community and just the Asian community in general, AAPI community in general. But yeah, uh, it's it's just really fun to see like the world was ready for it. You know, Crazy Rich Asians came out and like there was a big risk there. Uh, but even still, like all Asian American, Asian led films, there's not a lot. Like, no, you could probably name five or 10 at the most, like off the top of your head that were kind of mainstream. Yeah. Uh, Joy Luck Club, Better Luck Tomorrow. Um, uh, what we just talked about with uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Mm -hmm. And so we've been building towards this kind of like support and like bridge and foundation to where, yeah, people want to see Asian American stories. Uh, yeah. I, I, think it's, I think it's great. And I think it, it ties in to um, what, what Marvel's doing you know, I think Black Panther was obviously like a huge thing because, you know, for, I'm not a huge comic person. I, I, I more follow the MCU versus the comics. I, I go to, you know, all the YouTubers to go get my co comic book knowledge <laughs> nerd them on. Um, but from what it sounds like, Black Panther in the comics at the beginning wasn't this three-dimensional character. Shang-Chi in the comics wasn't this three-dimensional character. They're more just like, hey, we need someone who's black in the Avengers. And we need someone who's Asian in the Avengers. So yeah. it looks all so it looks kind of diverse. Um obviously retroactively uh kind of retconning Mandarin uh, in this yeah. movie. Like even in the even within the MCU, right? It's it, yeah. it was pretty crazy. Um, I like let's talk about Simu Liu. Uh, he plays Shang Chi. Mm -hmm. uh, I had watched him in Kim's Convenience. I kind of fell in love with that show. I don't know if you knew Simu Liu uh, any any time before Shang Chi, but like it was awesome to see basically a star being born yeah. in front of your eyes. I don't know how you felt. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. It, it's with the, the, the lead, Shimu Liu, I, I really had not heard much about him. Like, I, I remember starting to kind of follow him uh, not long after the initial announcement that he was going to play Shang-Chi, which at this point I think was probably two years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'd, I'd been watching a couple of interviews after watching the movie to kind of see, like, what his sort of path to becoming Shang-Chi was. Um, and it's really funny now I'm seeing all these tweets about how he used to like do stock photo modeling. Yeah. And uh, is now just <laughs> plastered as like a giant meme on Twitter for these like different stock photos. Just like when they thought <laughs> I wasn't going to make it. Yeah, and it's photo, so good. It's like a photo of him and like three other guys is just like all huddled around a laptop. Just Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Love it. Yeah, yeah it, it was like, I can't remember the last time when they obviously made the announcement that Simu Liu was going to be Shang-Chi and from there he started to blow up. Obviously I'd seen him in Kim's Convenience and it probably wasn't too long ago that he was making those stock photos. Yeah. Uh, but I can't, I'm trying to think of the last time where you, you like, where the main person in the movie, yeah. the titular character is like, right. wow we are literally watching a star being born. Yeah, I mean, it... Maybe, maybe Lady Gaga in A Star is Born, funnily <laughs> enough. Like, funnily, funnily enough. But she at least had, like, reputation from music, but you didn't know what she was going to be like as an actress. That's very true. Right? Um, though it's interesting, because now I'm even thinking about, like, you mentioned the film Crazy Rich Asians, and I'm thinking, like, I don't think I really saw anything with Henry Golding in it mm, before mm, that mm. movie. I, I think that was really, like, his big debut, and then, That's like, true. I saw him in The Gentleman, and he was fantastic in that. Um, yeah. Okay, he's just, like, really handsome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, this guy's, like, really good looking. He is. Uh, why haven't I seen him in more shit? Yeah. Uh, but like, if Simulu doesn't get big roles after this, it would be impossible to it, not see him like do anything other more than just more bigger 
Murphy. That's that's Big what I'm saying. He, just... If I don't see him in like four movies in the next two years, like big, <laughs> like huge movies where he can do pretty much whatever he wants, yeah. like any Will Smith type movie, any rock type action movie. Yeah. If he's not in that as the lead role, like I got, I got bones to pick. You know what I mean? Like he just pulled in a hundred fifty million in one weekend. Like, come on! Like, what are we yeah. doing? You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. All right. Simalu. Moving on. Okay. Let's talk about what we liked about the movie. Like, what were yeah. some of what were you saying? What were some of your highlights in the movie? So little details that really stood out to me that I I really enjoyed. Um, first thing, Ronnie Chang was so great, and I <laughs> wanted to see so much more of him in that movie. Because I remember sitting in my seat the minute that he shows up on camera with that like dyed hair and undercut and mm-hmm. like the sort of like uh, sort of uh, street casual clothing. And I was like, this is much different than the man that I know in a tuxedo that's like doing daily show correspondence or like even a stand up special on Netflix, yep. which I thought was hysterical. Where he's pretty clean like, cut looking. Just, and, like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's like. It, it, it's just like a total 180 and then he just shows up and is the most energetic and absolutely hilarious <laughs> like just it it feels bad to like say that his role is almost a cameo in that movie because he doesn't really show up more than just that one scene right um but, but at yeah. the end yeah very briefly yep. he does show- at the end you know you know he's coming back yeah you know he's coming back in some way yeah great performance no, so- 100%. So Ronnie Chang, um, another funny thing that I noticed is uh, we have that opening first act scene or like uh, fight sequence on the bus. And uh, there's a guy named Zach Cherry. I actually looked this guy up who's like holding up an iPhone or whatever and doing like a live Twitch stream of this fight as it's happening, <laughs> which is just. <laughs> The most absurd. He's like, yo, I've taken some karate lessons, so I'm going to rank this fight. Yeah. <laughs> well, so he, he goes through all that sort of thing, like just kind of, I, I feel like that would be the perfect like 2021 representation of what would happen if For we were sure. those like, you, you mentioned like in our conversations, we were talking about like sort of homage to sort of Jackie Chan's films mm-hmm. of like sort of like the police story one and two and like all these crazy stunts. It's like, yeah, the 2021 version of that is you have 100%. a crowd of people not running from the action, holding up their phones and just like, 100%. man, look at this. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, I don't know if I would be like commentating like that, but no. <laughs> I would be recording. What's funny is a uh, funny Easter egg. He's in a previous Spider-Man movie. Yep. I don't know. Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. I don't know. If, yep. Yeah. Where he's like, yo, Spider-Man, do a flip. <laughs> cool that's awesome and next thing you know he's in i wonder if he's supposed to be the same character i wonder i I think he's supposed to be but it is really funny like now i i want that like so they do these marvel one-shot short films like i need to come on the bonus so they come on like the bonus features when you get like the home video release of marvel movies i see um like uh, back when iron man 3 came out and you had the whole mandarin fake out there is a marvel one-shot short film called I think it's called All Hail the King and it kind of shows Trevor in prison and then reveals that like yeah the real Mandarin is still out there Mm. Um, and that was like our first like thing of like yeah it was a fake out in Iron Man 3 but don't worry the real Mandarin will show up right Um, and uh, yeah I I really just want a Marvel one-shot film which is just Zach Cherry's character how he ended up from being a hot dog vendor in New York to yeah. being a random passenger on a bus in San Francisco. Well, because now there's theories that he's like a watcher, right? Where he's like kind of this- Could be. Guy, like he's this all-knowing, everywhere, omnipotent like being that he's just like all over the place. It's like, yeah. what's, what's happening? Is he supposed to be two different people? <laughs> is, is he the new Stan Lee where he's going to make a cameo in every, in every yeah, Marvel if, movie? If Zach like, Cherry made a cameo in every- <laughs> one of those i would just be so pleased that would be so what is he famous for something or is he so he's like shown up in a bunch of different things that i i've seen let me pull up this guy's imdb real. i did i this i did not think we were going to be talking about zach cherry on the spot but here we yeah. are here we are uh <laughs> let's see so yeah there he is in shang chi uh 
Right. So the one show that I briefly remember seeing him on was a show called Crashing. It was on HBO. It only lasted three seasons. And uh, the main role was, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the team, uh, Pete Holmes, Pete Holmes. And it's like kind of a semi-autobiographical thing. But uh, in that, he plays this dude named Kevin, who I think is kind of like a manager at one of the comedy clubs that Mm -hmm. uh, Pete Holmes kind of frequents. Let's see. I'm seeing that he was in the show You. I'm trying to remember his role in that uh, Netflix series um, with, uh, oh, his guy that was famous for Gossip Girl. Um, his name will come to me in a minute, I think. Um, but yeah, Zach Cherry. Oh, and then like random like pop-up cameo roles like in The Big Sick. So it's not like he's like a blogger. No. He's, he's no. an actor. He, he's an actor. He's he, an actor. He he's so far seems to mostly have backup or right. background he's, kind of roles, but yeah, like, he's I can not see like a him. social media star or anything like that. Yeah, I can yeah. see him being like a sporting lead very quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, other things yeah. I liked. Uh, obviously, an MCU with a bunch of Asians in it. Love it. Like, could not love it yep. more. Uh, the fight scenes were oh man. super dope. We're gonna dive into the fight scenes a little later. Um, yeah, but especially the first two, the bus and the building. Yeah. Fight scenes were. Or even right, right in the middle, like before the big building fight, like when it's just Shang-Chi and his sister fighting in the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Good one. The fight scenes are super dope. Uh, Tony Leung's performance. Oh man. When we like, this is almost his movie. Yeah. Like, I walked out of the theater being like, this could have been called Wen Wu. Like, the Wen Wu story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they, they talk about this in other pods, and I think it's so good because most villains aren't in the film, aren't present in the film like, like he is here. Yeah. He's like a running character throughout the whole entire movie he almost is the driving force of the movie in my opinion yeah no honestly when we were in the movie like the the character is a far more fleshed out villain than we've seen in a lot of marvel movies because marvel had this sort of evolutionary track with their villains because Mm. there, there was like this one skit video that i saw on youtube where it's like the initial like mcu phases when they started up when we had the first iron man is like all right, who's our main villain? Well, he's like Iron Man, but he's the bad Iron Man. <laughs> and then <laughs> you, you have the Incredible Hulk. All right, who's our villain? Well, it's like the Hulk, but it's the bad Hulk. True. <laughs> you know, the first Thor, pretty much Loki was the main villain, but right. then he ended up being the main villain again in the Avengers. And uh, uh, Captain America, we had Red Skull, who was different enough, but it, it's like mainly all we knew about Red Skull is he was a Nazi and he's bad <laughs> and and he was like oh. to your point he was like the super serum sold the super soldier serum gone wrong yep so it was like yeah. still so kind the of bad the captain america yeah exactly like the bad um, version of what happens when you know yeah like like that scientist said he's like hey listen good becomes great but yep. bad becomes evil <laughs> like, yep. uh, and so, so we have that with like our initial phase but then we had this whole evolutionary thing where it's like hmm easily one of my other favorite villains from any marvel movie is uh the vulture from spider-man homecoming mm-hmm. because throughout most of the movie we see that you know he's like getting all these shatari weapons and like trying to build himself up as pretty much like a massive arms dealer and then there's that twist right before we enter our third act where we learn that the vulture is the father of the girl that Peter is interested in. Great twist. Yeah. And, and I still love the moment too, where the vulture kind of figures out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man because like they're at a stoplight and the minute that he starts to put two and two together, the light changes green right on his face. Keaton is so good in that scene. Like, so good. Like, let's just take a sec. He doesn't get enough. I don't know why vulture doesn't get his flowers. Cause like you said, he his performance is so good. So good. Specifically in that scene too. That scene where he's so controlled and disciplined as an actor to not oversell 
just to like it's like oh shit like you're realizing with him like when is he gonna figure it out yeah <laughs> when it when is he gonna figure it out and he like he's so good in that he's so good in that so yeah that but villain now, is really great but then now on the same track we get to like when Wu and like it's really something that's more um something that hurts more when you know that the main villain is the father of the main character mm. it, like yeah, you have your like Star Wars, Darth Vader's Luke's father kind of thing, but this is like a thing that's like it kind of builds. You can see there's already like friction in the relationship because right. his relationship was the father, or was the whole reason that he had to move to San Francisco in the first place. He like didn't want this life that his father had set up for him, and then now he has to go back. And there's this whole realization before we get to this third act battle in Talo, where he's coming to terms with that. He's like. I'm going to have to kill my dad. <laughs> yeah. And he has, he has that whole speech where he's like, Oh, yep. It's going to, I actually have that later on, but, uh, yeah. Uh, but no, when we like absolutely won the movie in my opinion, he, his performance yeah. is already like t- probably top three performance for me. Uh, like it was, and it, I might be like in a recency bias right now, yeah. but he was so, so composed, so good. His character was wonderfully written mm-hmm. um, and he brought it to like He, unbelievable, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like gotta be in the conversation for top overall performance in an MCU movie, Yeah, in my opinion. Um, other things I liked, Ben Kingsley <sighs> returning. So like, good. If, if the movie was won by Tony Leung's performance, Ben Kingsley stole it. <laughs> it's like I, I kind of went into this movie knowing that he was gonna that Trevor Slattery was gonna show up again because I knew that they were gonna bring back the Mandarin. I knew that that like there had to be some through line there. Yeah. When he not only comes back, this is my other like one of my favorite parts of the movie, when Morris shows up. Yeah. A little like headless kind of yeah like, almost chicken with butterfly wings it's yep. like it's hard to describe what the, the sort of species yeah is, what, what is it what is, does aquafita call it like a, a headless pig chicken or something like something, that something yeah. like that but it's at the same time like the friend that i went to see the uh shang chi with she and I, I were sitting next to each other is like i don't know what it is but i want one yep <laughs> yep for sure uh he the whole Planet of the Apes thing <laughs> was so funny. He was so convinced that it was monkeys acting. Yep. It, unbelievable. Like, I'm like, how do you not make that cheesy? How do you make that? He's so good at acting, Ben Kingsley, that he can make that seem so grounded and real. And it was yeah. so like maybe the funniest moment in the whole movie for me. And it, it's really kind of a funny thing because it's like, I hear that monologue coming from Trevor Slattery and all I'm taken back to is like my earliest memories of like knowing, like being in a position where I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I mm. knew like from a young age that whatever I did in life had to involve movies in some mm. way. It's like, it's kind of funny that Trevor is going through that monologue. And at the end, it's very clear that as an adult man, he still doesn't know that it's <laughs> people in suits, but, but there is that kind of thing where it's just like, uh, there, there's this sort of childlike innocence yes. kind of thing where it's like, I don't know what this is, but there's something magical about it. Yeah. And whatever it is, I need to pursue it with sure. every fiber in my being. For sure. Um, what were some of the things you liked that I didn't mention? Oh, let's see. Uh, we're going to get to fight sequences, so I'll skip that one. Yep. Um, brought up Morris, Ronnie Chang, Zach Cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more kind of an outside thing, but before I saw the movie, they dropped the soundtrack for Shang-Chi. Oh, um, they, yeah. they did like a similar thing, like uh, Top Dog Entertainment and Kendrick Lamar got involved with the soundtrack for Black Panther. Yep. This time around, we had Rich Bryan and 88 Rising uh, working on the soundtrack for Shang-Chi. And I was already loving the soundtrack because you have uh, Rich Bryan, Sway Lee, Twenty One Savage, uh, Anderson Pack, 
uh yeah well, i didn't even, i didn't even like realize but i gotta listen to it again it it's a phenomenal soundtrack and it, it was another thing that made me really happy while watching this movie and hearing the sound the soundtrack because i just saw the other day um there's a local producer and dj uh from seattle that, that goes by the stage name chong the nomad and she's actually credited as like one of the songwriters Oh, on Lazy Susan with 21 Savage. Dope. So it's another like moment in the theater of like Seattle pride. Like, yeah, yes. that's dope. I didn't and, realize that. Yeah, oh. but the soundtrack was phenomenal. Um, yeah. All right, well, if, if you're done, then we got things that we didn't like. We're nitpicking now. Oof. Um, God, this is always the hard challenge for me too, because I just get like so you get excited. wrapped up in it. Yeah, oh, what's going? On? I know um, it's hard. It's hard to like enjoy, like, because I'm very easy to please. Like, very yeah. easy to please. Like, everything's really good to me. Uh, but if I have to sit down and watch with a critical eye, it's it's really tough because I just I do want to just sit there and enjoy it. But yeah, yeah do you have anything in particular? I'm just trying to think right now because it's like. Oh, I, I do have one thing. Um, and that was actually the character of the Death Dealer. I thought that was like a really interesting character that they could yeah. open a lot of directions with. But it's like, he's briefly shown in like Shang-Chi's kind of past, like mm -hmm. as they're kind of going through that. We get like one very brief fight that's interrupted by, uh, um, by Shang-Chi's father, like in the building. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then right in the third act when there's a big battle going on and like uh, the people of Talo and like Aquafina are trying to convince Razor Fist like, yep. hey, those soul suckers are going to be coming after us. We yep. should unite together. And, and Razor Fist like, yeah. And then the Death Dealer is the one that just gets sucked up in the air and almost it's like, so random. like a punchline. Yeah. 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 yeah that, was, that was really weird. Yeah. Because um, like they they highlighted him and he had a dope costume and like yep. everything like that. And they, it seemed like they sh should have gave him a little more of a background. It almost felt like Darth Maul. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. Well then I'll go. Cause I got to, yeah, you, you... uh, <laughs> going back to the whole part where he's like, I'm going to kill him. I don't think they should have said it. Like it's kind of spoon feeding. Like, you know what he's going to say, you know what he means. He's like, I know what I got to do. Yeah. And then he and then he should have just walked away. It kind of took me out of it. And I know, like, obviously this movie is for kids, whatever. <laughs> but but I'm like, yo, he shouldn't have said it. It would have been more powerful if he just like bounced. Like, yo, I know what I gotta do. Like, we all know what he means. Yeah, no, it it's like immediately prior to that, it's like you'd go through that part of the flashback where you you really see like the iron gang. You yep. see um the initial line of like uh I, I think this is a line that he repeats after that sort of flashback yeah. of uh, a blood debt can only be paid in blood mm, or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, so it was like really implied. Yeah. It was like really implied. So I was like, mm, I didn't need the line. I thought it would have been more powerful if he was just like bounced after he's like, I know what I got to do. It, it would have worked. Yeah. That, um, I, I totally see where you're coming from there. Uh, killing Wenwu. I don't know if I love that. I get why. That, yeah. I get why. Like it was it was powerful, but yep. <laughs> I was like this guy is so good. Like yeah. how how can we not see this guy again? And maybe we could after all, you know, there there is like a big part of this movie with Wenwu's character in particular is uh trying to get to the sort of underworld or something like that where he hears his dead wife calling from. Yeah. So maybe there is actually some merit to that as it turns out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what they end up opening up in Shang-Chi too, is that like there is sort of an underworld. Yes. You could potentially rescue uh, these people, but they won't be like, maybe then the twist of that sure. is like, they won't be the same people that yeah, yeah. you knew. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, did, have you watched any of the uh, uh, TV series? Oh yeah. I've, I've watched all the TV series. The only one I haven't really spent time with is the new What If, like the animated one. Yeah. But um, like WandaVision, right? Where Vision yeah. kind of comes back and he's kind of like a zombie version of himself, yep. like this kind of like soulless version of himself. Like, yeah. is that what you kind of talk about? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It, it's like re this sort of like uh, 
learning to kind of let go after someone has passed away and and you have that like beautiful line from wandavision the uh what is grief if not love Mm. persevering or something like that Mm -hmm. um 100 um the final battle yep like the first two-thirds of the movie was so dope for me yeah like almost impeccably done Mm -hmm. that the final battle was i don't know if it pulled me out because it was so much cgi the whole soul sucker thing the i don't know what like or maybe i thought it could have been more epic between shang chi and wen wu yeah like in in my in my head it should have been like two towers where they're fucking guarding the gate like they they are lined up like in front of the gate. Yeah. And Wenwu and his people are fucking just running through. Yeah, no, I I can kind of see that cuz like Wenwu for him it's like he has an initial little uh sort of minor fight with Shang-Chi and yeah. then all of a sudden he just uses the 10 rings and just boom and right. then jumps over. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it's nothing. So I I'd see that much. Um it maybe maybe this is more where I start to enter the critique a little bit with what you're on of like you had those like firebirds or whatever yeah. that they totally like could have had a thing where it's like they organize a wall of firebirds to kind of protect that wall or true true, some, true. something of again the sort, we're but, nitpicking but you know yeah that's we got to talk about the stuff that we didn't like too <laughs> yeah yeah uh <laughs> finally Aquafina <laughs> shooting the arrow with Hawkeye accuracy, with one arrow, it was killing, kind of killing the giant soul sucker. I'm like, eh, what? She like literally spent not even a full day. Like, <laughs> she even says, "I've been shoot. shooting for like a day." day. Yeah, I I will say it is kind of like a funny like. Like I was like, yeah. what what are we doing? It would have been funnier, I think, if they had called attention to it, just like. Wow. Yeah, as as a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I think it would have worked as a joke. Like, if she was aiming to shoot something else and she slipped. Yeah. (laughs) And then it hit the throat. Also, this huge-ass thing getting, like, kind of slit by an arrow in the throat. And that's what kills it. It's like, uh, I mean, you know, it's an all-powerful soul sucker. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like, what... I, I don't know how you would kill it or like oh, my, my phone just died. Sorry oh, about that. You're good. But, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what, like what randomness it would take <laughs> like to kill <laughs> that soul sucker, but it, it's, I don't know. There's, there's no real good way probably. That's what I'm thinking. Cause I, I think with a monster that big on top of also having to deal with like, uh, when Wu is the main villain, it's like they have to come in with some sort of like pre-built-in Achilles heel, really, for this monster. True. Like, yeah, it's all powerful. It it can do all these crazy things, but true. you got this one little weakness. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay, let's go over now that we got over that because I yeah. just needed to get that Aquafina thing off. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, favorite scenes. I, I have some nominees. If you have some, I'll, I'll let you go through your nominees. Okay. Uh, the opening fight scene between Wenwu and Yingli, like it was like watching something out of like House of Flying Daggers, mm. Crouching Tiger. I was like, yo, like this is beautifully done. I'm loving this. Um, the bus fight, obviously. Yeah. The building fight, which I loved. Yep. Uh, the whole underground ring, fight ring. Yeah. Where they're just dropping Easter eggs like crazy. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen any videos, but there's a Black Widow fighting in one of the things. Yeah, no. I, Black Widows. There's a, I, there's a dude with extremist thing from Iron Man 3 fighting in there. Well, and then like the initial fight that you see, Wong is actually fighting, I believe, Abomination from the Incredible Hulk. That's the main thing. Yeah, is that Abomination is in this movie, 
And, and uh, I, I was kind of surprised, but then I thought about it, and I know that one of the upcoming Marvel TV series is going to be She-Hulk. Right. And I, I did remember seeing, uh, I think it was Tim Roth that played Abomination. Yep, yep Tim Incredible. Roth. It was, I, I remember it, seeing his name on the cast list. So. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't see Tim Roth's name on the cast list, but when, I, <laughs> when, when Wong was in there, I was like, holy shit, it's Wong. <laughs> and then I was like, wait. Who the fuck is he fighting right now? <laughs> is that is that Abomination? Yeah. It, he looked a little different than I, what I remembered. But I was like, yo, that ha- that's Abomination. Yeah. And then Wong says a line where he's like, Emil, you're punching too hard. And I was like, okay, that's it's for sure him. Because his name <laughs> is like Emil Blonsky or some shit like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Yeah, but I was like, but it is kind of weird to just see him all of a sudden. Yeah, it's it's the first. I feel like it's. I can't remember any movie referencing that Hulk movie. No, because like, it, it's like the Incredible Hulk was like this one MCU movie that like they kind of ignored for a while. Yes, like, they absolutely ignored it. Well, well, because like with the exception of two characters, I think from the Incredible Hulk. Uh, there was not really much reference to that initial movie. Right. The two characters that I immediately think of are General Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. Yep. Because um, he's the one that's like really hard on the Sokovia Accords in Captain yep. America Civil War. He yep. shows up in. Uh, that's true. That's true. Infinity War. Um, and then also like the random interconnected, like every minor character ends up becoming another character in another movie. Uh, yeah. Martin Starr plays. Uh, like a college student at the sort of university where I think it's like uh, Betty Ross's teaching and he ends up becoming like Peter Parker's high school teacher. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I seen yeah. him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's a good point because yeah. Thunderbolt Ross is kind of in throughout the whole MCU. Yeah. Um, but, so but that's a good point. But there's not much other reference yeah. to that. Like, Betty Ross hasn't come back. Uh, we ended up with Mark Ruffalo taking on the role of Hulk instead of Ed Norton reprising yep, the role. Re- yep, they recast um, Hulk. And, and then also, like, the, the main reason we haven't really had any Hulk properties for forever is because Universal Studios mm. still owns the rights to the character of the yep. Hulk. And yep. so, like, Marvel's been able to use the character still um, just so long as the movie is not The Incredible Hulk right. 2. or a solo Hulk film. It, exactly right. it's like the we were able to have thor ragnarok which delved a lot into the character of the hulk that was, was, that was like, yeah that was like thor and hulk that was a hulk and thor movie for sure yeah uh super dope that's one of my favorite ones right there yeah um uh okay favorite scene did you have something you you covered a lot of the bases i was just trying to think like it it's not my absolute favorite scene, but a scene that I still like was very happy to see is uh, when um, you have the initial thing with Shang-Chi and Katie doing their valet service. Yes. Uh, and they end up in like a really nice, I think it was like a BMW or something like that. Uh, but Maybe even a Ferrari. It, it was some like was, luxury sports yeah, yeah, yeah. car, but basically like Katie's just like, nope, the keys are mine. <laughs> yeah. Take it for a joyride and Shang-Chi's yeah. just holding on like, holy shit. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like Ferris Bueller. Yeah. If, if you follow the valets in Ferris Bueller. Yep. <laughs> like, like, oh, this is what they're doing in fucking Cameron's dad's car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay. I see. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that was great. Uh, obviously one scene i forgot was the fucking planet of the apes scene yeah um we, we mentioned it but that yeah. that is kind it's of an so underrated funny. moment uh yeah i guess i guess you could call it a moment not a scene yeah also when trevor slattery is playing dead yeah and great Mor- morris is like yeah. mourning the dead trevor he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah he's really like, oh. out of my only play yeah. it's like join me foo and morris is like okay <laughs> love it um okay Let's go into what I call head to head. So I'm gonna give, yeah. I'm gonna give you a movie title. Oh, okay. You tell me which one you would pick in like a fantasy draft or some shit. Oh, so it's like gonna be a list or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll go Iron Man three or Shang Chi as a movie. 
Oh, Shang-Chi easily. I agree. So they did this on another pod, and someone chose Iron Man 3. Really? I was like, Iron Man, really? I mean, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, because Iron Man 3, it, it's a real kind of odd one because i i do like certain little character detail moments like it's the it's the yes. first iron man post uh the avengers and yes. so they actually take some time to show that like tony is clearly struggling with ptsd yes and they made that like a really unique focal point um but then simultaneously uh the film i believe was directed and co-written by shane black who is famous for doing like uh lethal weapon kiss kiss bang bang oh, and nice guys i see and so it's like you had all these like trademarks of a shane black movie yeah that it, it didn't it it definitely felt more like a shane black movie than it felt like a marvel movie because it's like it's set at christmas time you're dealing with a main character struggling with something mentally true. and true you true. end up falling through all these different cracks and yeah i mean i I, I also I also remember like prior to seeing Iron Man three and being really hyped about like okay yeah we have Ben Kingsley playing the Mandarin but right. there is a lot of comic accurate kind of like costuming and right. setup this could be really interesting and then there was a fake out and we ended up with uh, was it Killian was that the name of the yeah uh, he uh, was Guy Pierce's yep, Guy Pierce yep and and it's like it made sense based off the beginning but at the same time it it just felt like a weak villain. Really. Right, there it was a weak villain. Uh, like the main villain was his PTSD, kind of like that yeah. was way more crippling. <laughs> but like, I'm we didn't really talk, we kind of touched on this. I'm really glad they retconned the whole Mandarin thing with that one yeah. conversation at the dinner table where he taught, like, uh, when we was like, listen, these yeah. fucking Americans. <laughs> like are scared of like a symbol so they used me as a symbol try they hired this guy they totally just kind of like they basically laughed at themselves marvel laughed at themselves for making this huge mistake yep uh in doing in doing this ben kingsley mandarin and it was yeah. like yo they're basically telling us like yo our bad we know we <laughs> fucked up but you know we're doing our best to fix it and they i thought they did a really good job yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, uh, second, head-to-head. All right. Cap- Captain Marvel versus Shang-Chi. Now, this one's interesting because they both are... Int- we knew Captain Marvel was coming into the universe yep. because of the end game or Infinity War post credit scene. So yep. we knew she was coming, but we hadn't seen her in a previous movie. It's it was it's different than like Black Panther because Black Panther to me got the advantage of we got to see Black Panther in Civil War first. Yep. He was he was in, same with Spider Man. They were introduced in someone else's movie and then they went solo. Mm-hmm. So really, the only true origin stories I can think of are Iron Man because obviously yep. we didn't see Iron Man in anything. The first Hulk, I guess technically. Yep. The first Thor. Thor. Yep. The first cap. Yep. Basically going through all the OGs. Yeah. No, let me, let me pull up real quick. Just MCU yeah. movies. Cause yeah. we, we do have a, an awful lot of uh, sort of origin stories, but there is also like certain. Like a bunch of crossover. That... Like as we get more and more into it. I mean, yep. if you want to talk about groups, like obviously guardians of the galaxy yep. is, is like, yeah, a, is an origin story. Uh, then. Man. We've got Ant Man, yep. Doctor Strange. Doctor like, Strange came he, out of nowhere. He, he has like a passing mention in right. Captain America with the Winter Soldier when yep. uh, um, whoever the former Shield guy is yeah. being dangled off the yep. roof, pretty much. Um, Spider Man was also kind of similar with Black Panther, though. Like, yep. got the formal introduction in Civil War. Right. Um, but yeah. But so, so I like also the thing Captain Marvel does that Shang Chi does not as effectively i think are the flashbacks yeah like it flashes back then comes back into it i think maybe because the flashbacks don't carry a lot of emotional weight or at least as much as shang chi does i mean the the early childhood one really doesn't but like uh 
there there's a little bit of emotional weight for like uh when um Carol is kind of remembering like a bar at a certain point early on. Right. And like she's starting to remember like there's something about this place. Yeah. I had a friend. I'm not sure um, what it was that didn't work as well. Honestly, I think it was just the whole setup with the first act because it's like with the, with the first act of Captain Marvel, it's like we pretty much almost already knew that Jude Law was going to be the bad guy. Yeah. Like from from page one, you were kind of right. like, there's something well, yeah. weird here. <laughs> not only that, but you know he's Yon Rog, so it's like, yeah. And I guess I guess you know that Wen Wu's a bad guy, but it's a bad guy. He, he's the villain. What's awesome about Wen Wu's character? He's the villain you kind of are rooting for a little bit. Like you understand. Like you, you understand more of his motivation, yeah. and simultaneously, it's like another thing of like. You, you then tap into this emotional core later when it's like Shang-Chi is almost certain that he's going to have to kill his dad where it's just like, totally. You don't want to see that happen. You, yeah. it, you know, it's going to happen, but you don't want that moment where right. it's just like, yeah, there's no other way. I agree. So who are you taking Captain Marvel or Shang-Chi? I, I'm still taking Shang-Chi. Like I, I really love, like Captain Marvel as a character, I think there's a lot that they can do with her, and I'm excited to see what they eventually do with. Yeah. I think the next Captain Marvel iteration we're gonna have is a movie called The Marvels. Yep. Um, and and yeah, we're gonna get Kamala Khan. We're gonna get some more time with Monica Rambeau in that one. Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for uh, the Marvels. I think it's gonna be good. I think yeah. it's gonna be good. But I'm choosing Shang Chi as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Third head to head, Ant Man versus Shang Chi. Who you taking? See, we're getting tougher. Yeah, no, no, we are getting tougher now because <laughs> I, I still am, am very tempted to stay with Shang Chi, but I, I love Ant Man because it's like th- this was a thing with uh, my brother is my brother loves Ant Man in particular because it's the first time we've ever had like a dad as a superhero. True, <laughs> just kind of true. a fun like. True, like Ant Man is almost like me. Like yeah. he's just like a normal ass dude. He doesn't have any powers. He just has this suit. Yep. That kind of powers him. Yep. And and simultaneously, it, it's like the dude is already kind of set up from square one with a bunch of setbacks. He's True. like gone through a divorce and he's ended up yeah. in prison and now he's kind of coming out and trying to stay clean. But then he's finding all the difficulties with that. Um, and as a movie, which one are you taking? At, just as, as, a, just movie? as a movie. Again, still I, tough. It this one is tougher than I I think the previous two, but I I think I'm sticking with Shang Chi. I think I'm sticking with Shang Chi too. Uh, Ant Man is super. I love Ant Man because so I good. I love Paul Rudd. I love the whole thing of like shrinking shit and growing shit. Like when yeah. Thomas when Thomas the Tank Engine becomes like huge and crashes through the house and shit. I love all that. I or even when one of the ants gets like. Blown yeah, up. Yep. and and you just have the cop that in a one line just yeah. like yeah, just and, that's a weird looking dog. <laughs> and and the briefcase scene in Ant Man, oh man, that is unbelievable. And and that one was more fun for me because like already it was really fun playing with the scale of these characters as they shrink and grow. Yep. But then also what they did with sound in that one scene with sound, because, yep, because they they start playing i think it's like disintegrate by the cure or something yeah, like yeah, that and yeah, it's like yeah. because it's an iphone at this giant size the yes. sound is all of a sudden just like <laughs> causing tremors. the sound is huge and then they go outside of the briefcase and yeah. then it's this it's, tiny you, you can barely hear it it's exactly. so it's so good it's so good i yeah. think i'm going shang chi too though yeah i have a clear winner on this next one yeah. uh, but it'll be interesting to see what you say black panther versus shang chi which movie are you taking Oh, see, for me, it's I. I think Black Panther is overall a better movie. Mainly, they're both. I think really, really well done. I think I'm taking Black Panther though because of the last third of Shang Chi kind of pulls me out of it. And I'm kind of flipped on that because it. It's like I. I thought it was. 
So, so both Black Panther and Shang-Chi kind of had this sort of like chaos and nature kind of thing where yes. you had like these giant battle sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, I'm visually, I'm more drawn to Shang-Chi just because it's like, I, I agree about the, the creatures that you introduced. Like you yeah. had those sort of like armored rhinoceros, which were really cool in Black yep. Panther. But then in Shang-Chi, you had these like awesome giant Epic. lions and, yeah. and uh, random like, the dragon that ends up showing up in the bottom yeah. of the lake. Uh, so I'm compelled to stick with Shang-Chi over. Black wow. Panther, but, but at the same time, I, 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 I think both films in terms of the larger MCU thing have a very clear cultural moment. Yes, absolutely. They, they both have this very like monumental historic precedent that they, they've now set. Um, 100%. 100%. I think Shang-Chi is like a 92% Rotten Tomatoes with critics. And, and it's still staying at like a solid 8 out of 10 on IMDb, yeah. which it's like most Marvel movies generally after a while will sink down to like the sort of 7 range. Right. Like they, they, right. they get kind of treated as that sort of commercial kind of thing, but Shang-Chi right. is like, still staying up there. The, the thing with Black Panther is nominated for Best Picture. Yep. And I honestly... I could probably see something similar happening with Shang-Chi just based off of cultural significance. If, if, that, if that were to happen, then I might start to level it out. But overall, yeah. as a film, I think what Coogler did with Black Panther was, it was great. And, and again, yeah. I think I prefer, just because of the last third, I think I yeah. prefer Black Panther's last third with Killmonger and Black Panther duking it out versus yeah. uh the two dragons but and 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 there is that line that really hits uh when killmonger is dying and yeah he's looking out at the sun with t'challa yeah and, and uh i think he says something like uh bury me in the ocean yeah and with my brothers who knew that death was better than bond yes something like that it's very like, powerful yeah god i hope they bring him back somehow i would fucking love it, it's tough michael b know, jordan it it's like since chadwick boseman unfortunately yeah. passed away it it's really hard to imagine what this next black panther movie is true. and true. I, I it's one of those rare things where it's just like while i would love to have the chance to work on a marvel movie myself i'm kind of like thank god i'm not in the creative room trying to figure out the story for black Panther that's true too. forever yeah man because i would just be having a panic attack that just, would be oh that's like an impossible job, but I'm sure they're going to knock it out of the park. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. We're coming up on an hour on this pod. Yeah. Uh, this, has been, this has been a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Uh, where does it rank for you in 25 movies? You, can, you don't have to give it a number wink. Just kind of like a ballpark. It, ballpark, it, it's easily top five for me. Mm. But I'm trying to weigh this against... Because it's like also in that top five, Thor Ragnarok. Right. Can you name five movies better than Shang-Chi? Like in my head, I'm like, probably, but I, I don't, don't know. In, in Marvel context, I don't know that I, I can throw too much in there, but I can at least throw other movies in there that I think are part of that conversation of being yeah. in the top five. So Shang-Chi, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Um, I, I'm like a diehard Taika Waititi fan. Um, it, I think I've seen amazing. I think I've seen every movie that Taika Waititi has done. At this, I gotta watch. I gotta watch yeah. Jojo. He did Jojo, right? Yeah, Jojo Rabbit. I think I put that down as number. It it was in my top three of 2019, just flat okay. out. I think I um, need to watch that. Yeah, it it's heartbreaking and I hilarious heard. and I heard. beautiful. Um, so Shang Chi, Thor, Ragnarok. I really am tempted to throw Spider Man Homecoming into that top five, just because it's like. Tom Holland has knocked it out of the ballpark yep. for Spider-Man. Yep. It, it's like, I grew up with Tobey Maguire and with Andrew Garfield, but it's like, this was like our first Spider-Man movie where I really felt like, yes, yeah. it's Spider-Man, but he's a kid. Yeah, like he's we, Spider-Man we, for sure. Yep, but it's like, this is the movie that really is like, he is in high school. Yeah. <laughs> he is yeah. struggling. He should yeah. not yeah. be... Toby Maguire, who like very quickly kind of he should not yeah he should riddle, not but. be he should not be given the mantle of Tony Stark basically yep. is because he's too fucking young. Yep, he's dealing and, with like crushes and shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like he, he's dealing with being a teenager. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and and also it's like it's not another spider-man movie where they have to go through the whole like uncle ben passed away kind of thing like it's very brief in there like i think there's a suitcase with like ben parker on it or or something like that but they they don't bog it down and they also don't go like hey spidey how'd you get the powers because there's this familiarity that the audience already they just dive into it so they're just like yeah yeah. they they, they waste no time and so i love spider-man homecoming for that uh and vulture is a great villain you're right yep vulture is a great villain and then I think if I just have to pick another two to fill out the top five, then it's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, can I pick five movies better than Shang-Chi? I feel like, yes. It, it's tough only because it's like, there, there are certain things about Marvel movies, the more times that I rewatch them, that right. sort of resonate in a different way. Like, right. I, I have a even though I didn't put it in my top five, I have a soft spot for Captain America, the winter soldier. hundred um, percent. Because that, that is. Really... And that's, that's usually regarded as people's top five for sure. Yeah, no. And, and, and I totally understand why I, I, it's tough to put it in there just again, ranked against those other movies that I threw in there. But, right. Um, it, it's like, I love what they're talking about politically, this yeah sort of, uh, authoritarianship versus or authoritarianism versus libertarianism and right. like yeah it's a it's a political science thriller of, yeah no yeah. It, it it's it's really fun the more you kind of dive into that i really uh, like that marvel does that they just tie in genres and put a superhero into a genre yep like <laughs> It's the reason why we're on movie number 25 yeah. and still coming back to the theater. Yeah, it's, so, it's, so, it's such a smart device. Like, hey, let's take, I mean, they haven't done it yet, but I heard X-Men's going to be kind of this thriller horror, or not X-Men, but the, the, new the next uh, Doctor Strange one. Yeah, oh, that's Doctor what Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is going to yeah. be like a gothic horror. Kind yeah, of thing. like they just um, take these genres and put their superheroes in it and like, yo, we're re-kind yep. of doing these genres. And, and I don't know exactly what they're going to do with Spider-Man No Way Home, but at least from the teaser trailer that they released recently, it looks like there could be a bit of like a courtroom drama element This shit's about to be crazy. It, I'm... Like, I'm, we got, we, we're going to have to do this again with all these other movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, just, just letting you know. I, I'm totally down. <laughs> I'm totally uh, down. Cool. So for me, off the cuff, without yep. any question, top yeah. 10. Top 10. I want to say top six, but I don't want to succumb to like recency bias because this is the last one that I saw. Yep. But I want to say top six, but for sure, for sure, I can't name 10 movies better than Shang-Chi yeah. in the MCU. So that's, that's where I stand anyway. Yeah. Well, shit, man. This has been a blast. We've yeah. talked for over an hour about Shang-Chi. Yeah. We talked about what we liked what we didn't yeah. like um let us cool. know if you wanted if you want us to do another movie uh this is obviously my my podcast is meant for like fitness more 